Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod in our Happiness Habits series. One of the biggest barriers to happiness in our lives is stress. In the past 10 years, stress has increased by epic levels. The top seven stressors in life are number one, money, number two, job, number three, health, then follows with relationships, poor diet, media overlord, and lack of sleep. And what's even worse is that we don't even know how to handle stress. Stress keeps us from happiness, and I know we all want to lower our stress levels. Philippians actually talks just about it. God doesn't want us to be overloaded with stress every day. And as we come to chapter 4 in Philippians, the verses 6 through 13 is a classic anti-stress management recipe. The key to this passage actually comes with a stress management guarantee. It's not guaranteed by a doctor. It's guaranteed by God. So you're going to want to pay attention to this one if you really want to lower the stress in your life. Verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So how do you know when you have that peace that passes understanding. You're in a situation when you have no logical reason to be at peace. You are. That's the peace that exceeds understanding. Now, who wouldn't want that? Now, every promise has a premise. God has lots of promises for us in his word. And God says, if you do this, then I'll do this. There's a condition. So it's those first words. If you do these things, it is going to keep you from stressing out and you will experience God's peace. And his peace will keep your thoughts quiet, keep your heart at rest in Christ if you do these things. Well, what things? That's what we're going to look at in this pod. We're going to look at the specifically five things that God says in, to do in this passage to keep us from stressing out. So what are those five things? Well, number one, refuse to worry about anything. Why? Because the number one source of stress in your life isn't work, it's worry. See, you may be overworked, but it's more likely you're overworried. Worried Work doesn't keep you up at night. Worry does. Worry about work, maybe. Most of us are overworried. God is very clear in the Bible what he thinks about worry. Very first verse, in, or chapter, verse six says, don't worry about anything. Is there any wiggle room? No, there's no exception. We're not supposed to worry. There's no circumstance where we're supposed to worry about anything. Big blanket statement, no circumstances. Well, what about no? Well, what about no? <laughs> Don't worry. Never worry about anything. Now, Jesus thought worry was such an important topic. He spent one of a major section of his most famous sermon he ever gave in his life, the Sermon on the Mount. It's in three chapters in the Bible, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And a big chunk of that gives us four reasons you should never worry about anything. In Matthew chapter 6, it gives us these four reasons. The first one is that worry is unreasonable. Verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Why is it unreasonable? Well, worry amplifies the problem. It never makes a problem smaller. It always makes it bigger. Like I have to clean the leaves off the front yard and the back. 
And I got to do it soon because the leaves are falling down and it's a mess. And every time I see it, I'm reminded about how it was last year and how difficult it was. And as I begin to worry about it, it makes it bigger. To worry about something you can't change is useless. To worry about something you can you can change is stupid. Just go change it. In either case, worry isn't the answer. Worry doesn't work. It's unreasonable. It's also unnatural because in the entire universe, the only creations of God that worry are humans. Birds don't worry. Cows don't worry. Dogs don't worry. Cats don't worry. Now, cats create worries, but they don't worry. You're not a born worrier. You learned it. You mastered it. You got a PhD in it. Worry is something you learned. Verse 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So look at the birds in the air. They don't sow or reap, but he says your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, he's not talking about the bird's heavenly father. He's saying your heavenly father. If God is your heavenly father and you are his child, children get special privileges. So what are you worrying about? Birds don't worry and God's not even their father. God's their creator, but not their father. Verse 28 and 29 continues. Why do you worry about clothes? See all the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. He's saying in all of God's creation in the entire universe, only human beings worry. Animals don't. Plants don't. We're the only thing. It's unnatural. It's also unhelpful. See, worry can't make you one inch taller. Worry can't make you one inch shorter. Worry can't take 10 inches off my waist. Or if it would, if it could, it would have by now. Worry can't lengthen your life, but it can shorten it. Did you know that? Worry can't change the past and worry can't control the future. It messes up today. That's all it does. It doesn't change the past. It can't control the future. It just messes up today. It's like sitting in a car without the key pretending to drive. You're not going anywhere. And the only thing that worry changes is you. It makes you miserable. It can make you tired. It never solves a problem. It's unhelpful. And the fourth thing about worry is it's unnecessary. God says, what in the world are you worried about? Don't think about, I'm going to take care of you. Don't you think about, I'm going to meet your needs. I made you. I created you. I saved you. I sent Jesus to die on a cross as the sacrifice for your sins. So that if we call out to him and ask for forgiveness, he forgives us because of what Jesus did. We then have a relationship with God restored. He gives us his spirit to live in us, to help us every day and provides hope for eternity. Jesus says, I love you. I put my spirit in you. Don't you think I'm going to take care of your needs? Verse 30 in Matthew chapter 6 continues. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So why should you ever worry? 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Jerusalem Bible says, unload all your worries on God since he is looking after you. God says, you know all these things you're stressing out about right now. All these things you're anxious about, you're worried about, you're fearful, you're uptight. Let it go. Worry is unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. Unnecessary. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything. So the second thing we need to do to lower stress is talk to God about everything. That's a second habit. Don't panic. Pray. Don't worry, worship. 
Stop talking to only yourself or only your friends about all the stuff that's stressing you out. And maybe start talking to God about it. Talking to yourself won't do anything, but talking to God will. If you prayed as much as you were, you'd have a whole lot less to worry about. And by the way, God has promised to take care of you. If it's not worth praying about, it's not worth worrying about. So he says, talk to God about everything. God knows what you need. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Now, as my kids get older, I worry about the choices they make and the decisions they make and, and hope they come to me like they did when they were kids over the silliest of issues. I remember one time my daughters were home sick for something. I mean, this is a long time ago, but it stuck in my head. The one was watching a movie and was starting to feel a little better. I think she was watching like the Tinkerbell fairy movie. So this is maybe 10 years ago. And the other one was asking for an orange crayon because she couldn't find one. So whenever my kids need something, they come to me for it. So I get it for them. Although it took me like 20 minutes to find that pesky orange crayon. Sometimes they ask for things that can cost quite a lot of money. And sometimes it's just a crayon. Do they ever worry about where the money's going to come from? No. Because it isn't their job. It's my me and my wife's job to figure that out. It's their job to ask. It's not your job to figure out how God's going to help you. It's your job to ask. Ask your Heavenly Father. Father, I need this help. When you worry instead of asking, you're acting like an atheist. Worry is practical atheism. That's what it is. It's acting like I don't have a Heavenly Father. I'm a spiritual orphan or I'm a mistake. I'm an accident. Not I was created by God to do something amazing in this life. James 4, 2 says you do not have because you do not ask God. So here's the second key to stress management. Worry less, ask more. Instead of worrying, pray. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Say, I don't want to bother God with this little thing. Well, there's nothing tiny to God. Every problem in your life is tiny to God. There is no big problem. There are no little problems in your life because every single one is tiny to God. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So what's he saying here? Follow the logic. Your biggest problem is getting into heaven because heaven's perfect and you're not, neither am I. So he came to earth in human form. He said, I'll live a perfect life. I'll die for you and you can get into heaven on my ticket. It's grace. I don't work it. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. I don't buy it. It's just grace. So if God doesn't spare his own son, but gave him for us, would he not give us everything else we need? If God solved the biggest problem in my life, everything else is small by comparison. And if God loved you enough to die for you, don't you think he loves you enough to help you with your finances? Don't you think he loves you enough to help you with your health, your relationships, career decisions, closing a deal? There's no area of your life that God isn't interested in. So one of the dumbest things you can say is, God, I'll handle this. Really? When he's offered to take care of everything in your life, you say, God, I'll handle this. Why? You want to lower the stress in your life? Worry about nothing and pray about everything. Third, thank God for all things. The fact is, we can always find something to be grateful for. When I was thinking about my kids in the past and remember when they were sick and I remember one time in particular, they were up in the middle of the night and Jeanette was really tired. And, you know, 
times of all the times of my life, she always gets up in the middle of the night. I never do. But this one night, I got up in the middle of the night, and I got a medicine, or I hugged them, or I stayed with them, or I sang a song to help them sleep. And even though it was hard with sickness and, and lack of doing anything else, you know, I was able to, to help them. And I remember one of them who was really sick said, thank you, Dad. And I was like, whoa, that made it all worth it. And I thank God. I was like, wow, God, for a first time, for one time, I can be like I was a good dad. And even as we celebrate Thanksgiving in a few weeks, don't fall into what the world wants you to do. Don't go shopping on Thanksgiving Day. And let me tell you why. Can you not just keep one day for a family in the year? Can you not just have one day a year where you actually sit down and thank God for what he has given you in your life? I mean, it's amazing that so little Thanksgiving happens on Thanksgiving. You actually, we eat, we watch football, and then we shop. Don't do that. Don't let them turn Thanksgiving into Christmas shopping. Okay, rant is over. I surprised you there with the rant. But thank God for all things, especially this time of year when Thanksgiving is right there. It's right in front of us. It helps us, you know... So the fourth step we find in the next couple of verses. So if we want to reduce the stress in my life, worry about nothing. Number one, pray about everything. Number two, number three, thank God in all things. And number four, think about good things. The stress isn't out there. It's in your head. It's between your ears. The battle is in your brain. It's in your thought life. It's, it's in your mind. See, your word of stress is won or lost in your mind. What you fill your mind up with will determine the level of stress in your life. We fill our minds with crazy, dumb stuff. My kids have made me fill my mind with so much ridiculousness that they made me watch or listen to. You know, this song has over 600 million views. You know how many times I heard this song? So let me play it for you so you can suffer in my misery with me. spare you that's a minute of your life you'll never get back i stole a minute from you i'm sorry but i just wanted to share with you my misery of how many times i had to listen to that ridiculous song yesterday as i was preparing for this i went down and i was singing the song and my youngest goes the duck song and he starts singing it with me and i was like oh boy you know, we put in some really ridiculous things. I mean, I could have played Baby Shark for you, but I didn't want to torture you like that. <laughs> we need to change what we put into our minds. We don't realize what, what kind of stuff we put in our heads, even if it's just something inane about a duck wanting grapes to a lemonade stand. Ugh, 
Philippians 4, chapter 8, verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Bible gives us eight tests in this verse that we should allow something in our mind or not. If you want to lower your stress, change what you think about. Control what's in your mind. Go through those eight tests before you listen or watch or hear or say. Is it true? Is it good? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it beautiful? Is it respected? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of honor? Now, doesn't that sound like everything you consume on television? No. What about all those TikTok videos and Instagram reels? Throw those eight tests at them. No. <laughs> Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Try to limit the garbage you put into your head by following that verse. I mean, it is impossible not to put garbage in your head. It's like eating right. I mean, you're obviously going to eat sugar and you're going to eat bad, but try to eat, you know, the right things like vegetables, which I hardly ever do. And number five is be content with anything. This is the fifth key to living a reduced, stressful life. Be content with anything. Now, God says if you do these things, you'll have God's peace in your life. And Paul says, I've learned to be content. Now, that has contentment has nothing to do with ambition. It's Contentment isn't laziness. It's not apathy. It's not complacency. It's not fatalism. What will be, will be. It's not lacking ambition. Here's what contentment is. It's enjoying what I have right now rather than waiting for something else to happen in order for me to be happy. Does that make sense? It's enjoying what you have right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to progress. It doesn't mean I don't have goals. The Bible says you should have goals. It means I'm not waiting for something to happen in my life in order to be happy. Verse 11 and 12 of chapter 4 in Philippians says, Now that I, I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So how do we learn to be content? Let's give you three ways. The first one, stop comparing. Because it's the source of all discontent is comparison. Now, if you have kids and you have more than one, they're going to compare. They're going to compare what each other gets. They're going to compare what other families get their kids. And it drives me crazy. And it keeps my kids from happiness. Now, my middle daughter, Adriana, struggles with this. Now, this is also middle, middle child behavior. They compare themselves. They think the, old, the youngest always gets more. And they always get less, and they're the forgotten one because they're in the middle. Now, whenever kids do this, as a parent, you can never win. And I've looked back at this, and I've always wondered, am I really unfair to my kids? And I've realized I give the middle child more because she squeaks, and the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. I mean, just this week, she was complaining about how she didn't get stuff. And I was like, we went to the store. And I got a pumpkin roll just for you. And just because I said, make sure the other kids get some, they, she thought I was favoring them. Even though she opened it, she had the first piece, the last piece, and the same. She had three pieces, and the other kids only have one each. And I got her pumpkin roll twice in one week. And then we bought my son a cake for getting into the National Honor Society. Just a very small uh, Oreo cake. Very small. And... It was no bigger than like two slices. 
and he cuts it over. He grabs the first piece. She takes the second, the fourth, and the last piece. But, but she's unhappy because she doesn't think she gets as much because she compares. Whenever you compare, you will never be content, no matter what the result is. The Bible tells us over and over, comparison is dumb. It's foolish to compare each other to anyone else. The problem is, is that in society, it teaches us to compare. See, here's the thing. It's stupid. Number, There's two reasons. Number one, you're always going to find somebody who's doing a better job than you. And somebody who has more than you. And you're going to get discouraged. Second reason, you're always going to find somebody that you're doing a better job than. And that you have more than. And you get full of pride. Either way, you're dead in the water. You're either full of pride or full of resentment. So stop thinking that having more is better. There are three myths we're taught by advertising in society. Having more will make us happy. Having more will make us more important. Having more will make me more secure. None of those are true. They're all lies. Your value is not based on your valuables. Your self-worth is not based on your net worth. It's based on who you are, not on what you own. So stop thinking that having more will make you happy. Having more will make me more important. Having more will make me more secure. Not true. The third thing to learn is to admire without having to acquire. So you don't compare. You stop thinking having more is better. And you admire without acquire. I found this personally fun. You know, you don't have to own something to enjoy it. Ownership can be a big pain at times. You got to ensure it. You got to maintain it. It's like... I love jet skis. I would never want to buy one because they're a pain to take care of. You got to tell them places. You have to, you know, just give me 30 minutes once a year on a, on a jet ski. Oh, fun. And then when I see people riding them, I'll be like, yeah, having a good time. It's like when I go out and I see an awesome motorcycle. Now, I don't drive one right now, but I used to love motorcycles. I rode for 15 years and I loved it. But You know, I don't right now, but I can watch guys running by with, you know, these awesome bikes and be like, wow, that's awesome. And I can admire them, but I don't need to have it. I'm perfectly content with where I'm at and I want to revel in their happiness and their joy. My sister's boyfriend came over with his big blue Harley and I was like, whoa, that thing is awesome. Did I want it? No. I know how much maintenance and care it takes. I didn't want it, but I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Admire without acquire. Now, these five strategies, they are very easy to explain, but they're hard to do. It's not easy to worry about nothing. It's not easy to pray about everything. It's not easy to thank God in everything. It's not easy to think about good things, and it's not easy to be content with anything. So where in the world am I going to get the energy to do these things that reduces stress in my life? God says this, you come to me and I will give you the power and the ability to do what will help you do what's best for you. And that's Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him or through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. So all the things he just talked about, those five things, the end verse there says, I can do it all through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. I can worry about nothing when Christ strengthens me. I can pray about everything when Christ strengthens me. I can thank God in everything and all things when Christ strengthens me. I can keep my mind on the right things when God strengthens me, and I can be content with anything when Christ strengthens me. 
what we're talking about here is not about a religion, but a relationship. And that relationship stress flies out the back doors. God's love and strength come in the front. So I guarantee you those five things, if you lean on the power of Jesus and do those things, everything will be less stressful and you will be amazed at the lower levels of stress that come into your life. So I hope that encouraged you today because it sure has encouraged me. So God bless and see you in the next spot.